Bread in the Wilderness podcast, part of the, uh, this is an episode of uh, Eat This Book from Cathedral Church of St. Mark. I'm Tyler. I'm Holly. And uh, this is where we're going to be praying together, uh, listening to words of Holy Scripture, pondering them in their hearts to tease out Lexio Divina style words, phrases, and images. Uh, see uh, how they might illuminate uh, who and how this God of ours is and what that means for how we conduct ourselves on a day-to-day basis. So um, we'll start with the Collect for Holy Scriptures, and then I'll pray the Collect for Proper 11 Year A. This is the Sunday closest to July 20th with the, this year, so I think it's the 23rd. Mm, Lord like knows. That. Yeah. Yes, it is the 23rd. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. of all wisdom. (laughs) Pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know our necessities before we ask. It's good Sermon on the Mount instruction on prayer. Mm. God knows what we need. We often think we know what we need or at least want. Mm. Um, But God provides for us like those lilies and sparrows. It's also the warrant for Jesus saying, you don't have to talk and talk and talk and talk when you pray, because God knows what you need before you ask. <laughs> I think it's in the, is it the King James or the, the ESV? Do not go babbling on like the heathens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always found that much more interesting than, because it implicates me as a heathen when I'm babbling on, hmm. talking to myself in the name talking to God in my prayer, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's perfectly, that's exactly what's called for. Mm-hmm. But other times it's coming from a place of uh, just rumination, really. Yeah. But it, I think it, doesn't it also open the door to this recognition that this moment is actually the place where we encounter the the fullness of God, the full measure pressed down to overflowing. 
the one in whom mm -hmm. the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. Mm -hmm. um, that what we think of as uh, stones and snakes and, and all the rest is actually mm -hmm. Eucharistic bread. So God just not knows our needs, but needs them, gives us what we need, more is than, giving us what we need. More than enough. Yeah. An embarrassment. Uh, mm. So much that you can't even believe that the, the net didn't break mm -hmm. when you're hauling in on the fish, right? Um, and the, so the weakness there would be sort of be like sort of... Uh, Captivity to stories of fear, scarcity, and lack that blind us mm -hmm. to the provision and presence and abundance of God here and now, I think. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Since you're preaching this holly, like you have to, everybody's going to be scandalized by unworthiness and say, yeah. This is exactly why I stopped going to church 30 years ago. It's just reinforcing negative images of reinforcing shame and fear mm -hmm. and telling me I'm worthy and telling mm -hmm. me to walk around staring at my shoelaces the rest of my life. And yeah. So it's, what's the correct? True and sad that uh, a lot of religion has done that to people, <laughs> given us a sense of. Yeah, constant, unshakable unworthiness. Mm -hmm. um, that is not the way to hear this. Uh, worthiness and unworthiness are both irrelevant. Uh, it's all given by grace through the worthiness of your son, Jesus Christ. If anyone needs to be worthy, great. <laughs> there is one who is holy, one who is righteous, and he shares his life with us. Um, so if we need to be worthy, we can borrow Jesus's worthiness. That's yeah. That's the word on that. That's um, that's why Luther would talk about imputed righteousness, mm -hmm. right? It's, yeah. It's uh, something that is given that yeah. has nothing to do with our works or earning or our moral right. behavior or anything. It's given freely to all. It's sowed mm -hmm. from the beginning of the world as a seed. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're unworthy because grace explodes worthy and unworthy mm -hmm. all together, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the only, yeah, the worthiness or the righteousness that we're talking about is the worthiness and righteousness of Jesus. Uh, had a minor epiphany about the collective purity that we pray every at every Eucharist some months ago. Um, final petition that we made. Uh, worthily magnify your holy name, mm -hmm. O Lord, right? Uh, perfectly and worthily, I think. Isn't, is that right? Uh, there's there's two, <laughs> two adverbs there. Um, and I, I realized I've been praying that as if Perfectly love you and worthily magnify. Right. Yeah, I, I realize I've been praying that as if the perfectly was describing the way I love God and worthily is describing the way that I magnify God's holy name. Oh, goodness. And I know. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I've been doing that until I realized, of course, both of these things are actually modifying God's love 
and God's holy name, uh, which refer is perfect holy, and magnified. And refer to our openness to the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. Cleanse us of all thoughts of perfectionism and worthiness mm -hmm. by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit so that, so that once we drop the idea of being perfect and worthy, we can actually perfectly and worthy love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's good. There's That's a way that it's God's holy name <laughs> is magnifying itself through us perfectly and worthily. Yeah, that's exactly, to, that's all it yeah. is. I think any other way you read it is yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like same thing in the Magnificat, you know, magnify the Lord. Like, mm -hmm. the, well, the only way, <laughs> you know, if you think of magnifying as a magnifying glass, mm -hmm. then if you're a, trying to set a leaf on fire, as an eight-year-old boy is wont to do in the mm -hmm. summer, right, with a magnifying glass, uh, if the lens is covered with mud because you dropped it in a puddle, it's going to be hard to set that life on fire, that that leaf on fire. So you polish the lens until you mm -hmm. get a nice or a clean enough mm -hmm. lens that can then let the light that is always already existing mm -hmm. shine through the lens and you know yeah. set the little uh, oak leaf on fire right mm -hmm. um, the praise of God's holy name echoes through all creation that's like already happening all the time mm -hmm. uh, perfectly and worthily and it's yes. just our our prayer to enter into that praise at the beginning of every Eucharist that's exactly it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and so then all the like winding yourself up to praise or winding yourself up mm -hmm. to be joyful or to worthily magnify or perfectly love, mm -hmm. that becomes uh, a process really of subtraction so that the perfection and worthily magnified, worthily magnification of the holy name that's mm -hmm. already there can be met, embraced, and mm -hmm. like what resonated with? Yeah, passed through us passed as a lens. Us, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why, like, when I say the process of dis of subtraction, it's it's really like just attending to uh, and releasing to all that is not love, mm -hmm. us. love ideas, beliefs that we hold about ourselves, others in the world. Those yeah. come undone in love, so that yes, the uh, the the Muslims say like uh, I forget. Do you know the Arabic for "There's no God but God"? Mm. Not right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Aliyah, something Allah. Uh -huh. uh, but because of the culture we live in uh, post nine eleven, that's something people yell, and then they uh, you know mm. a plane goes down or something horrible. In its deepest sense, in its truest sense, uh, there's no God but God means like only God can praise God, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and that's why the the, uh, the Muslims put such emphasis on this word of, of surrender, mm -hmm. right? It's because this is not a a work that we can even do ourselves. It's mm -hmm. there's there's only one God. <laughs> there's there's no God but God, right? And so 
it's like surrendering to the the hymn of praise that is uttering itself Mm -hmm. that uh, becomes the process of discipleship yeah and that subtraction is letting whatever covers over that correct love yeah or blocks the light from passing through. Yeah. Clearing that away, uh-huh. not even perfectly, right? But enough. Enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, enough. and still be bleary. Yeah, very much yeah. so. What's the Herbert poem about the, the windows? Hmm. Uh, he talks about the, the glass that's cracked and crazed, Yeah. and yet it still shines through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're cracked and crazed glass, man. For sure. At least I am. Cracked and crazed. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even through that shines. Not even through, but actually as that. Mm-hmm. Like especially there. The God, the God actually somehow needs that cracked and crazedness mm-hmm. of our lives as the means to body forth grace uh, for others. Mm-hmm. Like the wound becomes the flower, all that stuff. Mm-hmm things we think we need to get rid of actually are what what God's doing in us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's interesting because that that sort of opens on to the gospel later mm-hmm. so maybe we'll come back to that but. Mm-hmm. so are Isaiah Isaiah right? okay this is Isaiah 44 6 to 8 Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let them proclaim it. Let them declare and set it forth before you. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. Do not fear or be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? There is no other rock. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sorry, I didn't. I, there I didn't. is no other God than God. <laughs> Sorry. Look her up. Well, shared scriptures, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. <clears throat> I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Is there any God beside me? There is no other rock. I know not one. Yeah. Nothing that is stable and firm. So do not fear to not or be afraid, right? Like, if everything is in God, mm-hmm. it's kind of no good. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm fearful and afraid on a regular basis. Mm, totally. Most of the time. I'd and say. so if uh, if I walk around and just say, don't be afraid, and then I'm afraid, that's just like kind of a losing battle, mm-hmm. right? So it becomes much more a question of how do we relate mm-hmm. to our fear, right? Mm-hmm. How do we open to it, receive it, mm-hmm. uh, allow it, uh, be with it, mm-hmm. um, sit with it, let it move through us yeah. rather than trying to expel it? Yeah. Yeah, way. I'm afraid a lot of the time. Uh, but most the th- the thing that changes is mm-hmm. not that I become <laughs> less afraid so much as I'm not that afraid of being afraid. 
right. anymore. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I still am, but often, oh, this again? Okay, uh-huh. you could be here. What do you have to say? Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid, but that's not the only thing that's true right now. Yeah. Um, that's not the full truth about myself. That's not the truth about God, the world, other people. Yeah. Um, in an all-encompassing way. It's, it's seen as kind of a, a story rather than a, a reality, mm-hmm. but it, it, there's not a, I think the key for it to be like actually applicable to like a healthy spiritual life is, is not to engage in trying to extirpate mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. or to conclude if you are afraid that you're a bad Christian, you lack Unfaithful. faith. Unfaithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you receive it, I mean, it's, well, Okay, fear's here, but God is God. So, in a way that I can't see, hidden and mysterious to me, right now, you know, all these parables are always talking about hiddenness and mm-hmm. mysterious workings of God's providence, right? Somehow, in some way, uh, something else is going on, so I don't have to be held captive by mm-hmm. this, this diminishing story. Mm-hmm. I just get very nervous when, because I've seen the damage it does to, mm. to people sort of pastorally and in their spiritual life when mm. fear is a problem yeah. and a failing, yeah. a weed amongst the, the weed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I think really important to like know how to, to work with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... I don't know. I think personally, I've just it's, I've never been able to extirpate fear, and so it's not been yeah. my own danger. I guess it's just that's impossible. Uh, but better to hear that as like the reassurance of a loving parent who is with you in your fear, rather than like an instruction about how to make your mind. Yeah. Right. Uh, saying, "Don't be afraid," to a little kid holding them, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, it's also holding and allowing that fear, mm-hmm. uh, while also saying there, there's something else, um, there's a rock or a steady, reliable, loving presence, yeah, even in that fear. parents yeah. holding and containment of that fear like, yeah. is like an embodiment of that big, wide, merciful yeah. love of God, right? Right. But parents do say, don't be afraid. And, and mean it like that. They You're do. Right. <laughs> yes. Don't, what's the matter with you? Yeah. Don't cry. Let's, come on. You know, like, so... And then I think that's where a lot of the sort of, like, sort of plastic, happy Christianity comes yeah. from. It's like, uh, you can't be afraid, so you better be happy, because you're literally, your salvation depends upon it. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I don't know... I, being on the oncology ward and hospital in Sibley and the reason the person was dying of cancer was because um, they were too afraid and they weren't faithful and I'm afraid of cancer I know and I know that's why it's getting worse like literally that's what they say (laughs) right so it it's hard for me to always anticipate like how 
people hear stuff mm-hmm. like this because I've definitely heard I've seen those at least, at least three versions of that mm-hmm. where do not be afraid is like entirely bad news Oof. yeah mm-hmm. right I don't know <laughs> it's just yeah. it is also brought to us on the lips of angels as good news Yes. What, 365 times in scripture? One Once for every stay. day of the year? Yeah. May so it's important to think about how, yeah. what that is and is not saying. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Yeah. yeah, and like sit with that. If God loves you as you are, and you're afraid, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to get rid of anything. Right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of something, then what is the new way of relating to our experience right. that is offered or open to us? Mm-hmm. You know, can we hold our experience the way God holds our experience always and already? God's already doing it, but we mm-hmm. have this lovely way of not being able to hold ourselves, others, and creation same way and I think that's kind of the path of discipleship that's the process of mm-hmm. the sub- subtraction is like learning to all the ways that we want to hold it we want to do it and we want to manage it all that comes all undone we want to slice off yeah. yeah so that we can actually hold it how it's already held yeah like you're finally out of the way enough that oh yeah Like the righteous shining like the sun in the kingdom of their father, perhaps? A little, a little bit preview. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the song is Psalm 86, 1 to 7. Okay. It's the. Uh, is that right? 11 to 17. Okay. Uh, Responsibly by whole verse? Yes. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Knit my heart to you that I may fear your name. I will thank you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the nethermost pit. The arrogant rise up against me, O God, and a band of violent men seeks my life. They have not set you before their eyes. But you, O Lord, are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and full of kindness and truth. Turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength to your servant and save the child of your handmaid. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Inclina Domine. The, mm-hmm. the t- it's always the first line, right? Mm-hmm. So, teach me, but incline, like. Yeah, this is starting in the middle of the psalm, so the first verse must be incline. Turn to me, O Lord. Turn to me. Okay. Yeah. Incline your ear to me, probably.
So what do you hear, Holly? Mm. Um, thinking about playing with the, the the arrogant rising up against me, the band of violent men seeking my life. Oh, sign of God's favor, so that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Uh, setting aside of, you know, pure fantasy of revenge on violent others out there. Uh, how do we hear that? And um, I think a lot of the, the forms of fear and shame that we're talking about uh, can be understood as interior enemies or mm-hmm. parts of the self set against the self. Um, So the band of violent men are just aspects of yourself that you've internalized from teachers, Often. teachers parents, nation, yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, and they might be external as well. They can um, be, yeah, for sure. Very real forms of systemic oppression and, and evil. Um, But the great witness of the civil rights movement, nonviolence, and the training that mm. Dr. King led those people through was very, very specifically to not internalize and live from the names, mm-hmm. epithets, mm-hmm. hatefully diminishing yeah. stories about them. Yeah. I'm a man. I am right. a man. Yeah. Or Howard Thurman, his teacher, his insistence. It's knowing that you're a child of God. Yeah. Which the whole <laughs> system of racialized slavery and everything that came out of it uh, undercut, undermined, tried to destroy. And yet that can be the insistence, uh, the faithful insistence. Uh, to, I mean, that's, yeah, show me a sign of your favor. Uh, that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Like, give me a seal of your love for me, even against all of these forces trying to undercut that humanity. Well, and that is what happens when people refuse to be bowed. Mm-hmm. The inherent dignity of each human being created as in the image and likeness of God has this shaming power where you're like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. how could I have dot, dot, dot? Mm-hmm. How, could have I, how could I have missed the, the Christ in that person? How could a, an entire country have missed the Christ in an, an entire people? You know, like mm-hmm. that. It's that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the nonviolent... Yeah work that gets worked in our enemies even mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like which that both dignity. destroys our enemies by not destroying our enemies but by destroying that distinction right the over-againstness yeah 
Yeah. So there's this recognition of, oh, body of Christ, mm-hmm. knit together, kith and kin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're ashamed that it could ever have appeared any other way. Mm-hmm. And that's what's right. So the, the, the ashamedness is like the beginning of the process, really. Reconciliation is what yeah. happens after you're like, oh! Yeah, I missed the, the body of, oh my goodness, and then it's like all the this wonderful, lovely mm-hmm. healing and reconciliation comes right. from that. Like it's not they're not shamed. Your enemies aren't shamed forever, and no. they're just like tossed into yeah. the, the pit. Same as the recognition of the of the break in, in and the relationship. And the healing of the breach, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a once for all thing. I I just notice how we always sort of tend well. I'm I'm good mm-hmm. now. Now I'm good, and those people are ashamed, and that's how it's going to be forever. And it's always sure. this very fluid kind of movement back and yeah. forth between recognition and mm-hmm. misapprehension. Yeah, breach and healing. Pray and let my enemies be ashamed. It doesn't mean doesn't need to be forever, right? Uh, it's another way to phrase that is let my enemies see me as I am mm-hmm. uh, and let me see them as they are right yeah but I think it's because actually there are no nouns there are actually no substantives in reality <laughs> God's not a ver- not, I'm not a noun Jesus is not a noun you're not a noun mm-hmm. I'm not a noun the world is not a noun. Like literally, like just talk to a mm. quantum physicist. There's like nothing sits still and there are no things, even though there are things. Yeah, but uh, not fixed or static or defined. Right, and, the way we and our language approach. operates in such a yeah. way that we can only really talk in terms of sub- substantives. Mm-hmm. And Alfred North Whitehead used to call that the fallacy of misplaced concreteness. Mm-hmm. Like that we shrink everything down to this once and for all solid thing when yeah. all there is is movement you are boom and then you're done so an enemy is an enemy yeah and so it, so hearing those in the context of a much more dynamic and fluid and dancing yeah verb like kind mm-hmm. of uh, reality I think is helpful yeah I think that's why that's that's all I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. God gives God's name as I am that I am. <laughs> Beingness, yeah. 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 Which mm. is a noun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like ising. Uh-huh. It's more like it, God is ising or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Is you is or is you ain't. <laughs> My baby, you know that's old jazz song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 8. Okay. No better. (laughs) So we continue. This is uh, 12 to 25. Brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, 
but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager, eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the fruits of the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope is not hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I could do half an hour on every line of us, I think, but <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, hearing the dynamism of creation itself related to what we were just saying. The groaning. Yeah. Uh, creation is still being born. Yes. Coming forth. The whole creation has been groaning labor pains until now. Not only creation, we ourselves. It's a very good way to approach the problem of evil. It is. Just like stop right there and say, oh, labor pains. Mm -hmm. Something is being born. Mm -hmm. um, rather than turning it as like, oh, how could God do this? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thinking in a certain way is be being held captive to uh, hoping for what is seen. Mm -hmm. Right? This is an es eschatological hope for what is not seen, and so there's a, a call to a, a patient endurance. Yeah. Right. For what has been started to come to fruition. Uh huh. And like, if you've got some weeds poking up in your wheat, not to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Should I rip it out? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's to be expected in the coming forth of uh, human beings and really all of creation that is free and able to return love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the bit about Hope that a scene is not hope. Uh, I think it's a pushback on, or I take it as a pushback on, uh, kind of too easy or flimsy optimism where you're just being positive, staying cheerful, being happy, mm -hmm. um, do not be afraid, pasting over yes. what we're actually experiencing that we were talking about before. Um, that's hope that's, that you have a handle on, right? That's hope that's seen. And hope that's seen is not hope, Paul says. That's not, that's not real hope. Uh, hoping for, um, longing for, 
the fulfillment of creation, groaning inwardly while we wait for adoption and redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's much more dynamic. It's not fixed. Uh, it's we don't know what it is. It's we incarnational don't. too. Like, uh-huh. like our, like don't be afraid of your longing and your groaning. Uh-huh. Like meet it, embrace it. Because like our longing and groaning for God is already God's longing and groaning for mm-hmm. us. And in fact, it's the spirit groaning within us. Like, right. Saying like that's prayer actually. Yes. <laughs> your longing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but that yeah. blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like how many yeah. times in the last five years have I heard? Like people just inconvenienced by it. Like the, they're on the quote unquote right side of say a social justice issue. But they're inconvenienced by the sense of hunger and thirst. That's mm-hmm. not all done yet. Mm-hmm. We did this in the 60s, you know? Like, <laughs> this is really inconvenient that I have to revisit this. Well, yeah. Uh, but the Christian. <laughs> live in that desire, yeah. Exactly. The, the, the call to the Beatitudes of true poverty in spirit is mm-hmm. to embrace that hunger and thirst mm-hmm. and to know that as the work of the Spirit in us that will never stop. Mm-hmm. Be there as your need for God. Yeah. as your desire to and, see justice and love reign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not sort of inconvenienced by it and say, this is like, ah, you know, when do I get to like not hunger and thirst for yeah. righteousness? Fulfilling desire is a way of killing desire, right? <laughs> <laughs> Too yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if the kingdom were like a box you could tick, you know, at, yeah. in some government program or Supreme Court decision. Not that those don't have an effect, but... Right. It's apophatic. We wait for it with patience. Tell that people thing that we what, do not see in darkness tell people cannot be means. defined. Uh, pinned down by words and language. Uh-huh. Imaged, even. Yeah can be spoken around, you can say what it isn't, mm. and <laughs> by saying so, uh, point toward mm-hmm. what is, uh, but you can never claim it or possess it in language or in anything else. Great book you should all read is called uh, Contemplating Christ by Vincent Pizzuto, Episcopal Priest and Contemplative. Um, but yeah, just a good kind of primer, as we would say, on the contemplative life and how to read scripture. Uh, but he talks about it as he was walking along a, a road, I think in California, fence slats. And he noticed the fence slats for years mm-hmm. and years, I think is the story. And then one day he was walking along and he noticed the ocean or the sky mm-hmm. through the fence slats. And he said, oh, yeah, that's what scriptural language and the creeds and all of that, they are these useful slats that... Mm-hmm. can draw our attention yeah. in and then we pass through those to the actual yeah. encounter yeah. with the sky, the ocean, the love yeah. of God. We need the very specific frame yeah. to see onto yeah. God that is yeah. vast and immense. Yeah. yeah. So the words are great, uh, but they're, um, they, 
they're like a little raft or, or a dock that leads us out into the mm -hmm. ocean or something. Mm -hmm. A jetty. <laughs> a spiral jetty. Yeah. That's Have you nice. been there? What, what's that? Have you been there? No. You should go, it's cool. I know. It's very far from the water at this point. That's what I... I'm not sure I can go now. It's... Isn't that kind of uh, heartbreaking? It is heartbreaking, yeah. It's Robert Smithson, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Alright, so... Uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares, it's uh, Matthew... 13, 24 to 30, and 36 to 43. Jesus put before the crowd another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who has sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the seeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Then he, said, then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. something interesting here, Holly. Um, uh, Capon, Robert Capon, in his book, Kingdom, Grace, and Judgment, Paradox, Outrage, and Vindication, the Parables of mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, talks about this word what is it in your translation? Let them both grow together? Is mm -hmm. it let them? Let, them? let both of them grow together okay. until so the So it's a fete, which means let, permit, suffer mm -hmm. them. He goes on to say that we pray in the Lord's Prayer mm. Aphes. Aphes are debts as we 
Afeamen, forgive our debtors. Mm -hmm. So, mm. he says, uh, on hearing, therefore, that the farmer's answer to the malice of the enemy was yet another Afete, they might well have grasped the Holy Spirit's exalted pun immediately. The malice, the evil, the badness that is manifest in the real world and the lives of real people is not to be dealt with by attacking or abolishing the things right. or persons in whom it dwells. Rather, it is to be dealt with only by a phasis, by a letting be mm -hmm. that is a forgiveness, that is a suffering, that is even a permission yeah. all rolled into one. It's an allowing. Which is all prayer is, right? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Allowing of what is to be as it is. As it is. Instead of pulling God, it out. Because God is God. Yeah. And so, mm. like, if you're doing your prayer and something difficult or you don't like or painful comes up, we don't try to get rid of it. Mm -mm. We don't try to concentrate it away or mm -mm. get up and run away and you know, start watching TV, although that's, that happens. Mm -hmm. We, we efface, efface it, we, we let it be. Mm -hmm. uh, we suffer with it, we give it permission. Mm -hmm. Like exactly what we were saying in the, at, the, at the outset. Yeah. Those, I mean, also the, suffer the little children to come to me, right? Yes. Like that's same word, same allowing, same mm -hmm. permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the Gather upside, around. <laughs> this is the upside down world of the gospel, how the kingdom actually comes to manifest in and through us, not through deeds of might and great power and attacking or abolishing the things or persons in whom the evil badness uh, dwells, uh, but through a, a radical being with. Right? You can't achieve peace by means of violence. Mm -hmm. you know, there is no way to peace, right? Yeah. As the famous Quaker saying goes, the peace is the way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Peace is every step. And I remember mm -hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh saying to some of the peace protesters when he was here in the 60s visiting with uh, Thomas Merton, I think it was like 66, the year mm -hmm. maybe he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by Martin Luther King. But he said, there's no one so violent as your peace protesters. And they all wanted him to join the peace protests. Are you sure? And he said, I will on one condition, as long as you let me walk how hmm. I've been trained to walk as a Buddhist monk. And so he just sort of with a snail's, he's, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh was a combination of a sna snail and a bulldozer at the mm -hmm. same time, right? Mm -hmm. Inching along so that from afar you wouldn't think he was even moving, and yet he moved with the immensity of uh, an ocean liner, seriously, like the, the power of that mm -hmm. peaceful presence, the solidity that he embodied, you know, it's like the walk the of rock. The rock, there is no other. Yeah. 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 Like, the, like he, he manifested that. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's what's 
like this is like I think the wheat and the tares is like this it's a teaching on on prayer too mm -hmm. like you were saying because um, weren't you referencing go into your inner room your father already knows and uh, prays knows what you need yeah. yeah so you were yeah sermon on the mouth before mm -hmm. that but that's because that's mm -hmm. Matthew 6 6 but the but yeah this teaching on prayer and then also giving us not a program for action but like something to sit with in terms of how we confront the evil in the world mm -hmm. and in ourselves and in ourselves yeah. yeah the way it's done on Twitter is you just attack and blame and excise excise and cancel and all this right so it seems to me that there's another way being pointed at here. Mm -hmm. One, something that actually trusts in the providence of God, mm -hmm. that the growing creation is actually headed somewhere. Right. And that, yeah, eventually the evil will be revealed for what it is. Mm -hmm. The absence of the good. Privatum bonum. Mm -hmm. Evil is actually not real. It's parasitic <laughs> on creation. <laughs> and yeah. so when things are seen as they really are, evil cannot but vanish because mm -hmm. it is, in a mm -hmm. certain way, I hate using the word illusory because it's, yeah. not, it's not, it has real consequences, but it is, it is an absence. It is a nothingness, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, it is a void that um, can't exist in the face of the beauty beautiful or good and true. Mm -hmm. Then the righteous will shine like the sun yeah. in the kingdom of our Father. Another thing, I sometimes I think it's good just to show that like we're not the only crazy people who talk like this. But like... This is Cape on again? Yeah. Um, in other words, the parable says that doing nothing is, for the time being, the preferred response to evil. It insists that the mysterious paradoxical tactic of non-interference is the only one that can be effective in the time frame within which the servants are working. No matter, what the, no matter that they may have plausible proposals for dealing with the menace as they see it, their very proposal, the farmer tells them, are more of a menace than anything else. To be sure, he goes on to assure them that at some later, riper time, he will indeed interfere to mm -hmm. fare thee well with his enemy's plans. But the principal thrust of the parable, especially as Jesus first tells us, is that until the harvest, the evil is to be suffered, not resisted. The parable's main point, in short, is not eschatological redress of wrongs, but the present forbearance of them, mm -hmm. which is different than what I just said. We're not the gardeners of our lives. We're not the gardeners, the weed pickers of other people's lives. This is the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, how many times have you been weeded by somebody Oof. who's telling you you're not, you're not this enough, you're not mm -hmm. that enough, 
you know, and they stick that gardening tool into you, mm-hmm. pry it out. And how does that feel? Terrible. In the name of God, supposedly. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Get much better. Oof. You know. Just fix this right up. Yeah. Yikes. You know, just so violent. Yeah. Right. Um, and it does. The, the point is that in gathering the weeds, you uproot the wheat. <laughs> You're messing with everything that's good. Yeah. Um, no, and you could, yeah, you could, that, that kind of pruning is the other. Yes. Pruning and weeding. That kind of pruning and weeding can do real, long-lasting damage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Irrevocable trauma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk to anybody who's familiar with child development about the stuff that happens to you before you're five years old. Uh-huh. And... Some version of, of weeding and pruning uh, are, are very hard to undo. People can survive them, live with them, mm-hmm. still flourish in in their own way, mm-hmm. um, but you can't Leave say the mark. Damn it! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So this, and he says about this is another thing. Sorry, you have to go. That's great. As the parable develops this point, though, the enemy turns out not to need anything other, anything more than a negative power. He has only to minimally on his own, he has to act only minimally on his own to wreak havoc in the world. Mostly, he depends on the forces of goodness, and then in italics, insofar as he can sucker them into taking up arms against the confusion he has introduced to do his work. Insofar as he can sucker them into taking up arms against the confusion he has introduced to do his work. That is precisely why the enemy goes away after sowing the weeds. He has no need whatsoever to hang around, unable to take positive action anyway, having no power to muck up the operation. He simply sprinkles around a generous helping of darkness and waits for the children of light to get flustered enough to do the job for him. Mm-hmm. Goodness itself, in other words, if it is sufficiently committed to plausible, he calls it right-handed, strong-arm methods, will, in the very name of goodness, do all and more than all the evil, than all, sorry. Mm-hmm. Goodness itself, in other words, if it is sufficiently committed to plausible, right-handed, strong-arm methods, will, in the very name of goodness, do all and more than all that evil ever had in mind. Mm-hmm. That is, that is stiff. Yes, it is. Stern teaching. Yeah. Uh, he calls Paul last Sunday uh, therefore I take it as a lot <laughs> whenever I want to do good Oof. evil is close at hand yeah. uh, when it is that right handed by my own power separate self I'm doing good to myself to the world to others uh, interfering intervening with a world that's already sown with good seed Philip Whalen and another dangerous. Philip Whalen, the poet, yeah. one of my heroes, but um, similarly scandalous line in one of his poems is "Don't try to change the world; you'll only make it worse." Mm-hmm. And this is a man strongly committed to social justice. <laughs> yeah, but depending on the place from which you try to quote unquote change the world, you know, if it's coming from a place of weeding and pruning like you're mm-hmm. saying or as Paul said last week doing good mm-hmm. and I want I want to do good right then as Capon says um, 
that those methods will, in the very name of goodness, do all and more than all that evil ever had in mind. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little too... I love Capon because he's mm-hmm. always hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. And like I, Paul. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> live that way myself. But like living into that possibility, I think, is mm-hmm. like trying that on, I think, is all we're... Like I don't think Capon has the final word on things as they mm-hmm. are now and forever. But like, what what would it be like to explore this aphasis that he's talking about? Mm-hmm. This letting be forbearance, patience, suffering, waiting in hope, not knowing. Yeah. In such a clear, defined, possessed way, what we hope for. Yeah. But trusting that God is at work, that the kingdom is being born. Yeah. Being revealed. This is what I think I was talking about before. I was like the shift from seeing things as a problem to uh, being with things as parable. Mm-hmm. Problems need to be fixed, solved, weeded out, pruned away, boom, done. Mm-hmm. And when we make the move from problem to parable, there's a there's a different kind of way of being that's being elicited. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good with there being problems. I've got a lot of problems in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's problematic. <laughs> and then when I shift to, what if this isn't a problem? Like, what if yeah. this is actually a parable right. to be sat with, discerned, listened to, walked? Is this daily bread? Yeah. In a way I don't see. Then, then what happens from that different yeah. ground? Surely God is in this place. Mm-hmm. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> That's the alternate scripture for this day, right? I know. I know. Uh, so, alas. So read that yes. section of Jacob's. Like, Amazing. It is. It's probably good. All right. Take care, everyone. Till next time. God bless. Bye-bye.